Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. This week's guest is an amazing, award-winning Irish makeup artist, business owner, and most recently, a new mum. It's Louise McDonald. Welcome. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on, especially as you're like literally a new mum. So I really appreciate your time because I yes. know what it's like. Yes, I just literally had to change a poo explosion nappy there now. So good timing. At least you've done it before and not during. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So firstly, how are you? I'm fine. Like she is six weeks today. Her name is Alara. So I am coping okay. Well, I I rate everything on a scale of one to ten. So I'll give myself an eight. Oh, couple, wow. like eight out of ten, so that's not too bad. That is amazing. Yeah. So Louise, we connected on Instagram, mm-hmm. and ever since I've literally found you so inspiring. I know that you're probably gonna feel really awkward now, and I don't want to be um, a weirdo, <laughs> but I just love your work ethic. Um, mm-hmm. I love watching your stories and just how um, like it's so it comes so natural to you to just talk to the camera yeah your followers I can tell you've got an amazing community there yeah um I suppose I feel like I've been on Instagram for a long time probably from the very very start so being from Northern Ireland um sort of social media wasn't really a thing whenever I started so about I would say eight years ago is whenever I like started putting myself out there on social media and from then nobody else around my local area or anything like that was doing it so I think that's where I had the advantage and you know being on it for for so long you know you cut your confidence grows the longer you're doing something so I feel very at ease doing social media but you know there's some days it's a wee bit challenging and I know now like I won't, not that the, the industry is getting saturated. I just feel like there's so many more people doing the same thing. So it's kind of hard to always think ahead, think out of the box, but we're doing not too bad, not too bad. Mm. And I think just being yourself, because no one is you. So yeah, exactly. You know, that's people come to your page for you, I think, just your personality and just the way you are. Yeah, um, totally agree. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you definitely, you can tell that you actually care about the women that buy into your product. Yeah. 100% because it's the same as obviously my salon, my makeup store. So I obviously stock a wide range of products, but I only really bring in some products I know that work. So for example, some makeup ranges at the way at the start, whenever I was like doing makeup, they wanted me to bring the whole product range in. And I just was like, no, I don't, I, there's some things that I don't want to sell because I know that, that I don't love them. And they wouldn't, some of them brands wouldn't give me their products in and now like them two brands I'm, t- I'm not going to mention them but they have came back to me and asked me can they be stocked in the salon so I sort of think that that in itself speaks for itself do you know what I mean yeah that's what people want so how have you gone from 
makeup artist to like award-winning MUA with yeah. a sh- online shop. Do you have an actual physical shop as well? Yeah. So I have um, my salon, which, you know, is where I go, where my office is, where my store is. So I have, so I'll start from sort of like the beginning. Um, yeah, start from the beginning. Yeah. So I left school at the age of 16. I'll, I'll shorten this all down for you. So I left school at the age of 16. I started to work in a petrol station, lo- local, like where I live full time. And then I done a fast track beauty course one day a week. And then I cleaned houses on the other day. So, so yes, it was a, a, a mixture <laughs> of things, but anything to like make money to pay for this beauty course, because I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then I opened my own beauty salon at the age of 18, which was oh. a complete... I wouldn't say feel because that's where I learned and that's where I got a lot of my customers from. But I mean, I was literally, there's some weeks I wasn't even making like 75. Like I'm not even joking. So I was doing like makeups for eight pound and things like that, spray tans and all. So um, then I decided to go to Australia. I lasted for three weeks. I've been in Australia three times and I haven't lasted any longer than three weeks. So I think we'll just, well, the last time I went to Australia, it was actually for a masterclass, one of my makeup masterclasses. Of 500 people which I sold out so I was happy enough for that so then I decided to come back and start to do makeup from my cabin at the back of the house Um, it was 900 pound and it was all the only money I had in my bank account so I started to do makeup from then and Instagram only started to get big around that time like sort of like 2014-2015 and I was putting my before that, my Instagram would have been like a personal page. You know, when you put pictures up of food, mm. handbags, I never would have showcased my work. And then one day I decided, you know what? I loved the only way is Essex. Like I, I loved it. I was a diehard fan. And <laughs> I remember tagging, um, you know, using hashtags like Essex, Mac Makeup, Lauren Goodger, like all Amy Childs, all those sort of hashtags and I was doing that for about a month and then Lauren Goodyear actually contacted me one day I was standing in my cabin I had a full day of makeups and she said to me I'll never forget it hey um love your makeup would love for you to come and do my makeup this evening at half four and is it Chigwell or something and I was like oh shit I was like oh my god like what I, I my initial thought was I can't leave my clients I I've got them fully booked in and then I had a, lit, a wee girl working with me at the time and I was like, I wonder, could I go? And I was like, I wonder, could you squeeze my appointments in? So um, I was like, right, I'm going to look up online. And long story short, I booked a flight within the hour and arrived at her door at like quarter past four. But she, I had my wee suitcase with me and she was like, hey, babe, <laughs> you know the accent? And I was like, she's like, why do you have your suitcase? And I goes, because I had a ticket on the flight. But she thought I lived in London. She thought I was local. And she nearly died like whenever I said that I came from from Northern Ireland. So um, I done her makeup. She loved it. Um, at that time, I had like 2000 followers. And within like the next day, the next morning, I had 7000 followers because she posted so much. And then from her work, I got to do Katie Price and then wow. some of the other um, Louise Essex cast. And then my sort of my Instagram grew a lot from them because I started to teach makeup. And like I say, I was the only one. Um, coming on Instagram and going okay so here's a product and this is how you use it and here's where you buy it you know um influence wasn't a thing then but I was doing yeah. it without realizing what it was mm, amazing you just just you you were thinking outside the box 
Yeah, I was doing it because I loved I loved makeup and I loved to apply it. And you know, people were coming to me and um, oh, for lessons, and I was you know I was working con- constantly. But again, I was saving all that money at that time to open up a salon because that's what I wanted to do in the long run. Do you know? Yeah, and what what did you learn from opening the salon the first time where? You said you weren't even making 70 quid, but then the second time, what was, what was the difference? The thing that stood out to me was whenever I had the beauty salon, it was like a different range of beauty treatments. Whereas whenever I opened the makeup salon, it was literally just for makeup. And that's what I specialised in. I would have said that I tried to do too much, too much stuff that I didn't, you know, focus on and put 100% in. Like, you know, I was doing nails and tan and facials and everything. Whereas I really only wanted to do makeup, but because I thought, okay, a beauty salon has to has to do all these different treatments I need to offer them but I actually didn't whenever I just started to do the makeup I just solely focused on it and lessons and then I just got loads and loads of bridal inquiries and then I just just started rolling and then from then I actually had more people on my cancellation list than actually in my appointment book so you know I was just fully booked for like three years yeah wow Mm -hmm. so do you think focusing on a niche was the key 100% because you like fixate on everything like to do with that so at that time I just was obsessed with makeup and trying out new products and new things and you know that's what I just loved whereas I put all my attention and focus on to makeup so that's you know that it did work for me yeah the passion must have shown and people would have seen that yeah rather than spreading yourself thin exactly because then it doesn't work and then yeah you could give 100% that one thing that you love yeah yeah I love that and what's your what is your salon what's your salon about now are you still just makeup so we are well yes we have back then we didn't have any retail products so like I said I would have took this product and you would have seen it and went out and bought it yourself I have no way of that product being linked to me whereas now I stock a wide range of products that are ones that I use and you know loads of loads of different like probably about 40 different brands of different stuff and then obviously in that whole time I've been developing my own range so I have got my own makeup line at the minute L&D Cosmetics which I'm working on two new products to come out before the end of the year and it's just going massive it's um pharmacies and like all the chemists and pharmacies over here are, they stock it all and I have like distributors like banging down my doors wanting to be to sell my product and yes yeah, it's, it's going really really well it's, it's incredible. Really well incredible I feel like you're, you're so calm like that's like the dream for so many women and you're like yeah loads of pharmacies and you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible thanks it's been it's been a long time coming let's just say it didn't happen overnight like I am Ooh. 30 years old now and I started doing that whenever I was 18 so you know I'm not saying it's going to take you 12 years but slowly but surely you know success doesn't happen overnight and if it does it'll probably just leave you overnight so that's why you know creeping up the ladder and working towards something always sort of worked out for me Mm, yeah I love that Mm -hmm. I think with with the whole reality stuff and social media a lot of people want that success overnight because it's obviously looks easy and it's so admirable like you could have a video that goes viral yeah and you've got 200,000 followers overnight and it's like woo I can be an influencer now and make loads of money but who are you what's your brand like what do you what are you about like what are you about like Mm -hmm. you know there's so much more to it the same as reality stars like you might be in the hit show but how do you then you know throughout your life yeah yeah and I I think that's what 
young people especially need to remember because you go to a school and they all say to you what do you want to be when you're older they all say to you oh a youtube star or an influencer and it's just yeah. it's not what they it's not what it's all cracked up to be you no, know people don't realize the hard work and graft that goes on behind the scenes and even though instagram is i was talking last night like talking about you know people look at my instagram but we're some days I think that's where me and you are kind of similar like we do come on and show like the bad days and you know us coming on like with no makeup on looking you know not as glam as what maybe our Instagram profile our grid picture looks like but people like to see that and I think now in this day and age people want to see reality and especially people that have a following because they think that you know because you've got this amount of followers means you make this amount of money and because you have this amount of money means your life's this easy and where that's not the case like mm. no absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and I think more people are are being more authentic but still not enough like it's definitely still a lot of um pretending that life is perfect yeah and I think I think that's I think that's dangerous for people's mental health so yeah I, I can't be anything but honest online mm-hmm. and I know you're the same yeah that's why I love you yeah. um so how did the pandemic and stuff affect the business and like what was what was the, the pandemic like for you okay so I am um, I'm not going to lie I shit myself I was like oh my god everybody's gonna die everybody's oh, gonna die true. I was like oh my god my granny and granddad all I kept thinking about was my granny and granddad I came on Instagram crying I don't do that and then slowly but surely it wasn't you know I'm talking like month by month you know it was it sort of started to make a wee bit more not more sense but I thought like everybody sort of had a wee bit more understanding of what it was and things like that and then my business obviously every single bride apart from one had to be moved to this year so like my girls in the salon are messaging me now they're packing a bridal kit for tomorrow we have to go and do a bride tomorrow um you know that's two and a half hours away so we need to drive two two and a half hours do the wedding and then come back and um, whereas you know I was actually going to start doing less braids but now I've got double the braids this year so it's it's not a bad thing but back then I needed to think oh my god how am I going to make money because I've got bills to pay so again me being like having like my business head on I thought right I'm going to do online courses um, and I was the first person in Northern Ireland here, makeup artist wise to do um, a makeup course. So I was like, right, I'm going to run a four week makeup course, charge £20 and um, see how this goes. And within the day I had, I had a thousand students on my course. So that was in a day. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that worked for me. And then, yeah. And then I done a second one. So once I started that, then it started to be more popular. There was other girls starting to do it. Um, so people were catching on to obviously fair enough like I influence I obviously influence other business owners too which is good to see um so they started to do that as well and then I started to start focusing on like okay coming on like every day and showing the products that we sell on the salon so that they can use online because our online went massive because obviously people couldn't come into the shop they couldn't come and get their makeup done and they were sitting at home getting furlough anyway so they had you know 80% of their wages coming in and they needed something to make themselves feel better mm. so they were buying the makeup because I was showing them how to use it so it sort of it, it did work for my business and I'm so grateful I don't know what I would have done obviously mm. they say put your money away for a rainy day I do have savings there and things like that but nobody expected it to last that length of time and I know 
oh my god it's it's just a bit I'm not I'm not going to start going into it and my opinions and what I think about it but I just think a lot of it now is a bit far-fetched it, it does a lot of it doesn't make sense to me and their their reasons why they're not open up places and things like that it doesn't make sense mm, I'm with you I just think that it's a new virus that we're going to have to live with you know new variants will come around we can't stay locked up forever and yeah um if you've been vaccinated then i can't see why we're not traveling exactly because sure they said at the start you know once you get your vaccinations we'll be able to open up and we'll be able to get back to the the normal but now they're saying the vaccinations don't work so people that have got them like i know a few people that have had them and they're like there was no point in getting them because what's the point we can't they still can't do anything mm, i know everyone's so confused still yeah um it's like one more month, one more month, and now we've been told another four weeks, and it's just yeah. like, oh my god, like yeah. what's going on? Yeah. I just, I've lost a lot of trust in the in the government. Yeah. Basically, I have yeah. lost a lot of trust. I feel like there's a lot that goes on that we don't know about, and I don't mm. like that. It makes me feel uneasy. Yeah. But I'm no politician. I'm not really that political. I don't really know much Same about it. Me. I must admit, I need yeah. to learn more to be honest. But I just yeah. find it all really stressful. Yeah. So sometimes I just prefer to be ignorant to it. Just, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, like when the news is on as well. I'm just like, I'm I can't, like, I I can't even watch this. Yeah. Yeah. So you were pregnant during the pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. You had quite a tough labour. Yeah. I don't know whether you want to talk about that or no, not. No, I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, I would say the labour wasn't that bad. It was more so the fact of yeah. the whole, oh God. So again, in a nutshell, I was, um, had to be induced so I said that I wanted to be induced at 40 weeks plus one but it was a bank holiday so I had to wait two days so I went in and got a COVID test which was no problem I've never had one done before so this was actually my first time getting one done and I was 100% everyone was fine no symptoms no nothing never felt sick and I was just excited to be near the end and the nurse says to me okay Louise we'll only contact you if you've been positive so I was like okay I'll see you Wednesday then because you'll not be ringing me. That evening, I was cutting, sitting at the table cutting pineapple <laughs> and uh, the phone rang and long story short, it was the nurse to say that I tested positive for COVID. I I don't even know. I think like I got this like um, feeling come over my body. Like I thought I was going to like faint on the spot because I knew what that meant. That meant that my boyfriend wouldn't be allowed to come in. So I, and that was my biggest fear. I actually had went private with, this pregnancy and my doctor Francis, I've said to her from the very start, like that was my biggest fear, like being, you know, being in, in labor and not having anybody there. That was one of my biggest fears. But anyway, so then I got up the next morning and I drove to get a private, another private test and it came back negative. So I went to another NHS test area where I live. It came back negative. So I rang the hospital and I says, I have two negative tests. I want a retest and whenever I go into the hospital because this isn't fair. So I went into the hospital the next day and was put into a room of my own uh, with a big stop sign on the door. It said stop. And Oh my God. Yeah. So I was in there and I got induced whenever I went in a quarter past eight and they done my COVID test straight after. So I did say to myself, I actually have a rope down in my notes because I did keep a diary whenever I was pregnant and I said, if this test comes back, positive I will just be quiet I'll say nothing I'll just have this weigh-in and I'll just do it myself but it came back negative so I had three negative tests and I said to Frances who was my private doctor because she had came in and she was sort of there with the midwives but she sort of 
you know, not that she was over the midwives, but her, it was her say, I was her patient. So I said, Francis, do something or I'm going to lose my mind. I said, I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. This isn't fair. Um, so she went and rang one of the health minister's secretaries in Northern Ireland to speak to the microbiology down, down in the bottom of the hospital I was in. And they spoke and they says they came to an agreement that I was allowed to have somebody else in apart from my partner because he because I tested positive the first day, he could potentially have it even though he tested negative with the test I got the second day. So I'm sure you can agree with me that this whole coronavirus thing now, I just don't like, I just, yeah, it, it, the word even annoys me because now I'm like, I have no belief in the, the testing system whatsoever, but that's a story for another day. And then, so he had to basically watch the child being born on FaceTime. My cousin came in and who worked in the hospital anyway, who worked with patients and wore PPE and everything like that. So she came in with me and she was basically there. She's she's amazing, Erin. She's just, I'm really close to her anyway, but she just helped me through. I couldn't have thought of anybody else better like to have in, like a, to pick. Um, but they said that I had to pick somebody that I haven't, hadn't seen in 10 days in case I affected them with my positive test on Monday. But um, apart from that, that really, really got to me. And then obviously I, I had the most beautiful child and everything was, she was, and healthy so that's where I sort of put my mind to I was like right I just need to keep remembering that you know she's 100% there's nothing wrong with her it could be a lot worse and then the I sort of only thing that I started to come around to like two weeks after whenever I shared my birth story I have it on my Instagram there and um, in my highlights but I never told this part and this is the part that this is the part that I actually have videoed on my phone that whenever I was leaving the hospital so even though I had the three tests, the one of the wee midwives come down at the very end and she says, Louise, do you realise what's going to happen whenever you walk out? And I says, no. And she says, you have to walk out the back door and your boyfriend has to lift you out the back of the car park. So all the other mums were meeting their baby daddies like at the front door with their with their car seats and I had to be wheeled out. I wasn't even wheeled out. I had to walk with a man in front shouting, shouting, like putting his hand up and shouting on down the corridor, stand back, COVID patient, while my child was being wheeled beside me in a in a cot and I had to carry my two bags and my suitcase and obviously I had a second second degree tear so my walking wouldn't really have been the, the quickest and oh my god this is horrific mm-hmm. I kind of didn't want to say that because I, I was embarrassed and now I don't really care because something needs to be done because it's a joke but mm-hmm. yeah and then Neil so my boyfriend he once he left at her left it us down the back like I carried the wheel over and put her into the car seat he didn't even get to see her because I, I was crying that bad I says just tick just get me out of here just get me away because it was so embarrassing like mm. I had three negative tests I know on my own self I didn't have coronavirus but I was being treated like an absolute like I was being treated as if I had like a disease mm. which is a disease but I, I yeah I, I know what you mean like you were disgusting yeah and the nurse, she was pushing me and she says to me, Louise, are you okay? Because she could see me crying. And I was like, I'm not okay. Like, this is an absolute joke. Like, I don't understand how, like, the world has came to this. But of course it would only happen to me. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I just can't believe that. I can't believe, like, they made such a big hoo-ha about it as well. Yeah. Like, 
down the corridor and stuff like that like yeah after you've just given birth to your first child like yeah. I just I'm I'm just flabbergasted yeah god but imagine I mean luckily you're a confident person and yeah. you're strong-minded imagine doing that to someone who literally has no confidence someone who was suffering from postnatal depression exactly that's one thing that I sort of said god like touch wood like I hope that like that never happens to me because I have heard whenever obviously and be, being pregnant like my first time you research into everything like you like my time feed on Instagram was just everything about pregnancy and I'd heard so much about postnatal depression and I was not that I was gearing myself up for it but I knew I knew that it can happen to anybody like you know mm. doesn't matter how strong-minded you are so I just thought to myself please god this doesn't happen to me and if it does you know it does but the whole thing about what happened whenever I was in hospital I think it would have just topped it off do you know mm. but I've got I've gotten over it I have um but I'm just glad that for all the other people going in they I didn't realize that you can refuse to be tested so that's one thing that I have been telling people like if you obviously if you don't if you have symptoms you you let people know but you know everybody's been everybody's free will has been taken away from them but yeah that's wow what a journey what a story I know I want to tell Alara as well mm-hmm. I know and yeah better millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, bitches. make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Bad, uh, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both up. For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird dance moves. You head nothing then, yeah. Well, maybe it's just a good goth you're after. Georgie Porter and Sharon Carpenter are your go-to girls on Loose Lips. 
So it's got mine, girth, though. It's got girth. Yeah, mine, mine, mine is quite spindly and, and flaccid. This is like long. Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. So I've been talking a lot on my Instagram about motherhood and career and the juggle. Yeah. Now this is something you've entered. Uh-huh. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how, how? what are your plans in terms of working with her around? Okay, so luckily enough, my friend, Michaela Letterney, just messaged me and she said she was calling in. And I was like, happy day. So she's down there with her, looking after her while I'm able to get this done. But if she hadn't been, <clears throat> she'd have been sitting beside me here. Do you know what I mean? So I have obviously the salon to run. I've got girls, staff to manage. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've, from week two, so I had... A wedding the second week after I give birth um so I went and done it obviously her daddy does help me out like quite a lot but during the day like I have to take the child to the salon with me if I'm not doing makeup so for example um if I'm up in the office like doing emails and having meetings with the girls I can take the wean with me we call her over here we call it a wean no yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, I've got Irish family, so I know. I... Okay, so there are people listening are probably like Louise. What are you? What does that mean? But that's the child. So um, I take her with me. Um, and the girls in the salon, you know, they love her, so it's very easy to. Plus, it's my own place. I've got my own wee room, my own office. I can feed her and change mm. her and do what I need to do. But it's the getting up and getting out of the house part that is quite hard for me. So you know, for me to get, get rid of myself ready and her, it takes, it takes a good hour mm, yeah. to get, to get ready. So I need to be thinking ahead quite far and ahead in advance, but I do believe that obviously I'm very lucky. I can do a lot of social media like yourself. We can work with brands and be in the comfort of our own home with a the child there. But, um, as for going to work, I, I've got my cousin, um, who is like, so Aaron, who was in with me, um, in labor, She's going to be babysitting on a Friday. So, you know, at least I know that, okay, I can book in lots of appointments or bridal trials and brides for Fridays um, for the future, you know, because that gives me a, a day that I know that I can, I don't have her. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I, obviously, I don't get like the full maternity pay, what everybody else would get. I don't get any weeks off. Like I have to be straight back at it. Um, And you were saying that in your stories about, you know, it's not fair for some women to have to decide whether they want to pursue their career or stay at home and look after their child. Why can they not do both sort of thing? I agree with that. And like you said, like this, this world, we are, the, you know, women contribute, contribute a lot, just as, just the same as men. So mm. I don't understand like the whole, at the end of the day, we carry the child for nine months. We give birth to it. I think there should be a wee bit of leeway, do you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We're lucky in the sense that we are our own boss. Yeah. There's flexibility there. And we've both got family around us. Mm-hmm. Like my brother's taken a week off this week just by mm-hmm. chance. So and my mum's away and my mum's my childcare. Yeah. Uh, two days a week and I pay my mum. Yeah. I pay her pretty much the same as what I would pay a nursery, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so it's not cheap, but I feel bad. Like I don't like I, I wouldn't want my mum to do it for free. Yeah, um, I get yeah, I, I would be because the then you, you feel like you can't ask as well. So if I if I'm paying, I know that I'm you know, yeah. oh you know, you, you don't feel as guilty. But luckily my brothers my brothers are all really good with Macy as well. Um Bradley's 
self-employed so he's flexible he looked after her for an hour for me yesterday uh-huh. um so we can call on our family but what I've realized from talking to my stories is so many people can't do that yeah and I agree and they haven't got family around them they're like some women were messaging me saying she's gone back to work because she doesn't want to take a break from her career because she's worked too hard to get to where she is but her salary pays for her childcare. she's left with 10 pounds at the end of the month and that's until the child is three so she's got to do that for three years to make sure that she keeps her career oh my goodness that's like I know that's just unthinkable do you know what I mean like it doesn't it doesn't make sense doesn't. um so what how how do you feel about leaving Alara when you're going because you're obviously going to do bridals you said two hours away you won't be taking her with you there you've no. got a, you've got to find childcare right so yeah so like what I say is I need to I needed to make the, the decision like quite early on um and plus I have those brides booked in in advance so I nearly had to speak to like my boyfriend whenever I was pregnant and say okay look I'm booking in these brides they're paying me deposits for me to come and do this service so I already knew very earlier on that I needed to be like strong enough to it's uh, my first time leaving her I felt like I was going to break down because it, it was that hard but I knew that I needed to um go and do that because she was in safe hands and she's been looked after you know well by obviously family mem- family members and I had to go and do my job and obviously come back to the child so I know that I know this can sound quite selfish too, but whenever I was pregnant, I part of me was a wee bit selfish and scared to be like, am I going to turn into Louise the mum? Like, am I going to be mummy from now on? Whereas I didn't want to lose my own identity. Like, I still am Louise McDonald, the makeup artist. You know, people call me LMD. I made like a conscious effort to say, okay, I'm going to be both. And that's mm. what I'm sticking to. I'm sticking to... You know, I still want to be able to go to my work and do, you know, my my job and then come home and be be the mum. Um mm. and it is hard because it's nearly like you're playing two different roles, which you are, mm. you know. But um yeah, I, I, I don't really know what or what else to say. All I know is it's a lot to do with um me wanting to keep my own identity is what's driving me a bit, you know, forward and does that make sense? I yeah, no, no, sorry, I'm really listening because I feel yeah. exactly the same as you and I did from the start. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't realise how much my career meant to me until I became a mum. Yeah. So the, the prospect of losing that made me realise how much it meant to me and, like, mm-hmm. that financial independence and freedom right. and, mm-hmm. like, I I can't bear the thought of saying, Ricky, can I have some money? Oh can't no! Bear it. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably and I know some. I know some people listening will have no choice because yeah. of this whole childcare situation. And yeah. That's what frustrates me. Like women aren't given a choice. Families aren't given a choice. Like we're self-employed. We're business owners. That comes obviously with its cons as well. But women that have that are working for companies, um, and you know, some of them have said to me that they were promised a promotion, then they fell pregnant, and then they never heard about that promotion again, and it wasn't in writing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in that sense we're really lucky, but it's made me. Ha- I've had to work so double, 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 triple hard. Yeah. The last since Macy was born, yeah. she was three months old when I returned to work, and I've had to work so hard. And I found that the most stressful thing about being a mum. I don't find Macy hard work. Yeah. I find juggling 
everything hard work mm -hmm. because the support's not there yeah and nearly whenever you have a free day like for example yesterday my boyfriend's mum looked after the child and I nearly put three days work into one day yeah which is what I said I will I never wanted to do because like I said at the start I want to be consistent and give 100% to everything I do whereas I found yesterday I was overwhelmed because I was trying to put cram all in and like I'm mm. like oh my god can somebody give me even though the child wasn't there and, and Neil's mom had her and she's fantastic with her and like I would leave her with her you know for for overnight and everything like there's no problem but it just it just was overwhelming and I totally understand where you're coming from like you yeah we're just trying to like we're trying to do it all yeah there's not very many people that come on and talk and talk about it and be open and honest mm. you know so yeah. it's good that we're doing this and I hope that that moms out there listening are like yes Louise and Connie you are saying how it is you know <laughs> yeah because the juggle is real like we're spinning so many plates um like I mean I don't have a cleaner but that's one thing I'm definitely going to get when we move yeah. house because yeah. I can't even I can't keep up with that and then when I see that the house isn't tidy that stresses me out and I just mm -hmm. I have moments of like really? over, overwhelm and I just want to hide under a duvet because I just can't keep up with everything yeah mm -hmm. you know and it's hard so I was just really interested to see what yeah what your um thoughts are on that and I think we're very similar mm -hmm. um and we're very lucky that we've got the family because imagine if you didn't have that it wouldn't be possible no. how are you feeling about like Louise future Louise so you've obviously got your bridles and you're obviously focused very much on now and getting through work now yeah you've got double the amount of brides this year but what is what does the future hold for you what are your dreams okay so I obviously I'm so 30 I'm 30 so I, I actually think to myself this could be probably the best 10 years um because I sort of like have my shit together you know I sort of like kind of know what I'm doing whereas before from like 20 to 20 to 30 I was like winging it like I was sort of winging it whereas now I know okay this is what I want and I know okay I'm gonna need to like sit down and you know manifest like that and that and that and you know that's what I've been doing throughout my whole life but not realizing that it was called manifesting until now this is called <laughs> like, okay I can call it that um so yeah I'm gonna do that but I know obviously I want to grow my brand from strength to strength um like I'm bringing out products that I know it's makeup and some people aren't interested in makeup but I'm bringing out products that are like your essentials and like products that are like uh, that you need to replenish so basically not very much limited edition stuff like I'm, go I'm bringing out stuff that you're going to need in your makeup your makeup bag and you'll want to keep repurchasing and repurchasing and hopefully you know just get bigger and better and with that but um as for having like right now at this moment in time like I've got Alara but I don't see myself having any more children within the next couple of years anyway people are like oh have them close together and I'm like no uh that would be yeah. no <laughs> I feel you like You're um, juggling too much like yeah. I, I yeah. felt that pressure I don't know whether it's an Irish thing because my grandparents are from Kerry and Donegal uh -huh. um and they live on my road here they've lived in England for like oh. um what 65 years now but oh. They still got the Irish accents, and we've been brought up very close to our Irish heritage. Uh -huh. um, I'm actually 67% Irish. I've done mm -hmm. a test. Yeah. 
I've done a DNA test, so I've got a lot of the genes. Probably why I've got blue eyes and dark hair, yeah. like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I find like my nan had a child nearly every ten months. Yeah, that's every fourteen children. Yeah. Not but one. they didn't use contraception, so yeah. to say. Yeah, religion and stuff, and obviously having children is the hardest job ever. But my nan didn't have a career as well, like. Yeah. That was down to my granddad, and I find yeah. things are different. Like we're modern women, and I do. I would love four children. Yeah. That that idea and concept is like becoming more and more faint because I want to. I want to be like a globally accredited coach. Like I yeah. want to coach people all around the world. How do I do that with four children? You know, like all these things are coming into my yeah. mind. So you probably feel the yeah. same. I I do feel the same because I do think to myself, okay, whenever I'm older. You know, I want to have all this family around me and have all these grandchildren and, you know, like, I'll never, I never want to be lonely. And for that to happen, I need to have more children, which obviously, and then I'm thinking to myself, okay, I want to have a nice life and I want to be able to do this and that and go to these places and, you know, give my child like the best of like the, what I can, you know, possibly do. So yes, what you say is wanting something, but actually getting it or they're proven a wee bit rather difficult. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. yeah. It's fine to the balance. I think I might sell for three children yeah. and a career. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a good idea. I think I'd be... But I think the third one's going to be a right push. There's a real push. Apparently, a lot of people have said to me, oh, the third one breaks you. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop telling me stuff like this. All that unsolicited advice that people give mum. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Right. So just to round off the podcast, yeah. I've loved talking to you and getting to know you more, Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know what piece of advice you would give your younger self. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, there's so much. I would probably say, even though, even though some days it still affects me, but if I could give my, yeah, it would be try and not think too much about what other people think of you. I know that's like very common. Everybody says it, but it's, it is the truth. Like whenever I was younger, I did think too much about other people's opinions and what their opinions were of me. And now mm. I realized I can't control what other people think. Like there's people out there that don't even like me that I have never met. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, how is that possible? Mm. Do you know what I mean? How can you <laughs> form an opinion on somebody that you don't, you haven't even like, said hello to? You just mm. see them on social media and you just see them, you know. Mm. So, yeah, that would be it. Try your best not to worry about others. Mm. I think that's a really good message for anyone listening who we're all guilty of it for, like, we've done it, formed an opinion of someone yeah. they've seen online, yeah. you know, because people do do it. Yeah. Oh, do you follow totally. her? God, she gets on my nerves. It's just like, just yeah. everyone needs to be, oh, I know this is cheesy as well, but just kinder and a bit like, remember that that's just a snippet and a highlight yeah um of that person's life or personality Mm -hmm. um and everyone's going through something that people don't know about and there's so much more to someone in layers aren't we we're just lots and lots of layers yeah i love that i think that's really important advice and it's advice that i need to take on like i played netball last night and i'm new to the team and i'm constantly thinking oh my god they don't like me oh i don't think she likes me yeah it's just it's proven on us i think i don't know why yeah we want we want approval don't we yeah yeah um but i think as long as as long as the people you care about love you and you know like you yeah that's the main thing but thank you so much for your time i know time is precious and 
it's been lovely speaking to you and we'll definitely keep in touch definitely perfect i loved having i loved coming on and maybe we should do something like this again in the future who knows definitely definitely yeah. i'd love to do a lot we should do a live or something together yeah More collaboration yeah thanks louise no problem chat later thank you Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.